0: Welcome to the podcast of Life Change Church, where we exist to love people to life change. We hope that this podcast is both challenging and encouraging to you. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning. Hey, I'm so excited that you are joining us today with Church Online. Again, we are in the third week of a series entitled Protect Yourself. And again, during this, this COVID-19 period, this idea of protecting ourselves is something that we've all grown accustomed to. Right, for many of us, we're wearing masks, we're staying at home, we're keeping safe distances, we're not coughing, we're not breathing on anything or anybody, right? And again, all this, all this social distancing and, and these shutdowns, once they're over, we're still going to be thinking about protecting ourselves. I know for, for many of people and myself, I've actually heard that we're supposed to wear masks for like a whole entire year or so or after all of this is gone. And to me, that's some crazy talk. Right? Like, well, What's crazy is like, how do you smile at somebody with a mask on, right? How do you smile at somebody or know if they're smiling at you? Listen, somebody could be very angry at you and you wouldn't even know, right? Somebody could be yawning in the middle of your conversation and you wouldn't even know, Right, that's some it's some crazy stuff. And then I think once this is all said and done, to be honest, we're gonna be weird at stores. Like if they take the X's away, how are we gonna know where we're gonna stand? It's going to be weird, right? And I think for some of us, we've maybe become a little conditioned on that. So wherever you are right now, maybe share a little bit of something that you've kind of grown accustomed to during this uh, COVID-19. So again, just maybe make a comment, share something that you've seen that that's happening that, man, you're just kind of used to as well. And again, after all this, the truth is we will continue to be in protection mode. And to be honest, that's okay right? There are times in our lives where we need to protect ourselves. There's times in our life where where we need to be ready, right? There's times in our lives where, where we need to protect ourselves spiritually. And this is what this series is all about. And again, we find these instructions in Ephesians chapter six, which is our main passage of scripture here. And really, hopefully by the time this series is over, you have this passage of scripture maybe memorized, or at least you'll be able to paraphrase it as well. So again, if you have your Bible, go with me, to Ephesians chapter six, and today I got old school Bible, but if you don't have an old school Bible, we challenge you to download the YouVersion Bible app, which is just an incredible resource to take with you wherever you go. And again, in this passage of scripture, this is a guy named Paul who was writing to the church in Ephesus, and he was encouraging them to to live a life that was Christ-like. He was encouraging them to, to live a life of unity. He was urging them to live a Christian life. Now, if you've been a follower of Jesus at any time period, you realize that it comes with some struggles as well, right? It's not always easy. So Paul is writing and he's giving instructions on how to protect ourselves against these things that come our way. And we see this in Ephesians chapter six, verses 10. And it says this, it says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms, right? The truth is, if you look at the last few weeks, what we've been talking about, our struggles, they're not always just physical, right? Our struggles, they're they're not always just surface level. Some of them, they really, they go deeper, Right? Some of our struggles, whether anxiety, fear, loneliness, depression, worry, some of those struggles go deeper than just surface level, and some of those struggles really go against these spiritual forces of Satan in our lives. They're tactics that he uses to try to destroy us. So this is what Paul is saying we need to do. He's saying we need to protect ourselves. And in verse 13, it says, Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Right? And this is the full armor of God. And this is what we need to do. This is how we protect ourselves. This is how we walk in strength. This is how we walk in confidence. Not just just part of the armor of God, but with the full armor of God. And in this series, what we're doing is we're jumping into each piece, peace by peace. Again, we started, we talked about the, the belt of truth. Last week, we jumped in and we talked about the, the breastplate of righteousness. And today, what I want us to do is I want to jump in and talk about what's next, which is peace. And really, I, I think this is a pretty fitting time to talk about peace. For some of us, this is what we need. For some of us right now, we're in this eternal struggle of what's going on, and peace is nowhere on our radar. For some of us, maybe we find ourselves unemployed. For some of us, maybe we find ourselves in the the middle of some serious financial issues. For some of us, maybe we find ourselves battling with some health problems or in fear of health problems. We fear a doctor's report. Or maybe we're even burdened by a past doctor report that we're walking in right now, and it's a struggle. It's a struggle in our personal lives. It's a struggle in our relationships. And for so many of us right now, we find ourselves missing normal relationships. And what it's doing is putting stress on ourselves. It's putting stress on our families, putting stress on those that are close to us. And it's causing us to lack peace. Listen, those are some powers of the darkness. Those are some forces of evil that we need to protect ourselves against. Right? We need Peace. And again, if you look at it in verse 15, this is, what, this is what Paul says. He says this, he says, Stand firm and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Now, again, if you look at it, Paul is talking to the church in Ephesus. And again, he's using language that, that everyone would understand. Right? He's talking about footwear and he, and he uses footwear as a metaphor for the good news, the good news of peace. And really, it's pretty interesting stuff. I mean, if we think about footwear, it's actually pretty important. At least it must be pretty important based on the number of shoes that my wife has, right? No joke about a year or so ago, I was I was cleaning out the closet and I actually counted every one of her shoes. Now, I won't tell you how many shoes there were, but let me just tell you it was ridiculous. And then, well, then I counted mine and well, that was ridiculous too as well. But shoes and footwear, they're extremely important. They set the tone for what we may or might not do. Right? They, they really set the readiness for, for what we're going into. And again, readiness is that preparedness, is that fitness, is that availability that we have to go and do something. And then it shows our willingness, it shows our eagerness to go into whatever we're going into. If you think about it, shoes, they really set the pace. See what I did there? It's pretty funny. But if you think about it, right, there's different types of shoes as well. So today I brought some of my shoes, just a a couple of them, not the whole amount of shoes, but I brought some of them. So I brought my Air Jordans, right? How many of you guys are watching the last dance? Listen, with these Air Jordans, what do they do? They get me ready for basketball. They get me ready to to shoot a shot over Craig Elo like Michael Jordan did back in the day, right? They get me ready to jump and dunk. Okay, maybe they don't get me ready for that. I was never able to dunk. I touched the rim before, but that was it, right? But these shoes get me ready for that, right? Then Then I have my running shoes here, these are specifically my running shoes for, for running on pavement. So I'll take these and I'll, I'll run different places. Right? I'll run where I'm running on a bike pass. This is when I'm running on like maybe a treadmill. But these are my special shoes just for that. These are what I use for that, right? These are my running shoes. Then I, I take my walking shoes, which... These are the Brooks reveal. They're supposed to be running shoes, but I think this is one of the shoes that Brooks kind of failed on. I'll just be honest, but they're great walking shoes. So I don't know about you, but when I go and we're getting ready to go with the family, maybe to to an amusement park, to the zoo, or or somewhere along the lines, I want walking shoes. I I have a purpose. I have a plan. I'm going to be on my feet all day. I want something that gets me ready to walk all day. And then, then I got my boots here. Now, I don't do a ton with these boots. These are actually, let's just be honest, I just thought they looked cool. But these are my boots. But again, I have taken these out. I've done boot stuff with them, whatever that means. But again, they get me ready for maybe working, doing some different things. Then I have my casual shoes. I like to call these my preaching shoes. All right, these are some good ones here. And then uh, I have my dress shoes. Again, if I'm wearing these, chances are I'm doing your wedding or chances are somebody's getting married, or chances are somebody may have died, right? These are what I wear when I wear my full suit, and I only wear a suit on certain occasions. But again, we do, you have, you have to have dress shoes. They set the tone for something that's going on as well. And then these are probably some of my favorite shoes right here. And if you could tell, they, they are a little muddy. They actually got a little bit muddy today. Um, these are my trail shoes. So these are the shoes that I use to, to go running each time I go out on the trails, right? When I get off the pavement and I go into the woods, these are the shoes that I use. And then finally, let's just be honest. These are my quarantine shoes, right? These are my slides. This is because sometimes I get a little bit lazy. This is sometimes because, you know, I, I don't want to actually put socks on or I don't want to have to tie my shoes and I wear these bad boys out. This is social distancing. Nobody's even close to you anyway. So this is what I wear all the time. So these are, these are my slides as well but we have different shoes for different purposes, right? We have different shoes and they prepare us for what to expect, right? And we all know this. And again, the audience of Paul, they knew this as well. And he was writing this passage and they knew this. In fact, during this time, everybody knew the value of really a good pair of boots, especially soldiers. And a bad pair of boots could mean the life of a soldier. And it was what really prepared them and got them ready for battle. And if you think about our feet, it's what takes us a certain direction. Our feet allow us to move forward. Our feet allow us to stand, to go from side to side, to go, to go from, even backwards sometimes, but also to move forward, right? To move forward. And I think shoes, they set the tone. Listen, I know for Griffin, at the beginning of the school year, Griffin always gets a, a pair of new shoes, And he gets super excited about it. In fact, he tried them on at the store. He got these brand new pair of tennis shoes that he tried on at the store. And he gets on them and he starts running as fast as he possibly can. He's looking, look at these shoes. They make me so, so fast. Because what they do is they change our mindset. They change our mindset and really get us ready. And again, Paul says, stand firm with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. What Paul is telling us is he's telling us to prepare ourselves right? Prepare ourselves with peace that only comes from God. Because the truth is we're going to encounter some wickedness. We're going to encounter some things that, that may not be easy. Where we're going, it's not always going to be easy. Where we're going, we're going to encounter some struggles. We're going to encounter some, some hardships. We're going to encounter some, some social distancing, some job loss, some furlough, some health issues, right? We're going to encounter some, some relationship tensions. We're going to encounter some stress and we need to get ready. And we do so with the good news of peace. And here's the good news of peace. Right? The good news of peace is the gospel. The good news of peace is, is the fact that Jesus died on a cross right, for each and every one of us, and then he was risen again. Right, Jesus lived a perfect life, died on a cross, and was risen again for each and every one of us. And he did this. He did this not to make our life easy, but he did this to make our death easy because he conquered death with it. He did this so that we could spend eternity with our Father. We could spend eternity with our Maker. We could spend eternity with our Creator. That's the good news. That's what the gospel means. It means good news. And all we have to do is we have to accept Him. We have to believe in Him. All right, And we have to commit our lives to Him. Listen, that's the good news of the gospel. And that's what sets us up. That's what sets us up for peace. That's what gets us ready. And this is what peace is. Right? Peace is this tranquility. It's this calmness that comes over us. Right? It con- and it comes from knowing that we no longer have to fear death because Jesus conquered it. We can find safety. We can find security in him. Peace is knowing that he's going to be in all parts of our future, both temporary and eternal. Right? And that's the good news. And here's what peace is. Peace is knowing that God has, is, and will be in all parts of our life. In fact, that's what I want you to walk away with today. Peace is knowing that God has, is, and will be in all parts of our life. And peace is dwelling on that fact. It's letting, it's letting this thought control our lives. Right? And really it means both the temporary and the eternal. Right? The temporary, here this life on earth, but the eternal, the life with him, if we accept him, if we commit our lives to him. That's peace. And what it is, is part of our thought process. It's what directs us and what guides our feet with readiness. Right? It's what protects us and it's what really helps us face each and every day. And if you look at it, what it is, it's part of the armor of God. Right? Peace is knowing that God has and is and will be in all parts of our life. Think about that. I think for some of us, for some of us, the truth is we can see this in the past. Right? We can look back at our past and we can see where God was working. We can see where God did certain things. Even in our hardest times, there's times where we can look back and see that God was still working behind the scenes, developing us, making us strong. But imagine that in the present as well. Listen, right now, regardless of where you are, regardless of what you're going through, think about the fact that God is still working behind the scenes. Right? God is still developing you. God is still building you up for what's next. And once we dwell on that thought, what that is, it's peace. Now imagine it in the future. Think about it, regardless of what you go through, regardless of, of what you will encounter, God will be there. Right? Regardless of what comes your way, God will be there. Right? That's the readiness that we have in our mind that we have access to. And it's the peace. It's the gospel of peace. It's the good news that God will be in every part of our life. So here's the question. How do we get this understanding? How do we experience this in our lives? If you look at it, Paul actually gives us instruction in another passage of Scripture. He gives us instruction in one of his other letters, his letter to the Philippians, which we see here in Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. So again, if you have your Bibles, check that out. If you don't have your Bible, again, we always challenge the Version Bible app. But Philippians 4, verses 4 through 9 says this. It says, rejoice and the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And get this here in verse 7. And it says, in the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And verse 8 goes on and says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and God, the God of peace, will be with you. This is some incredible stuff. So how do we get this peace? How do we get this peace that transcends all understanding? How do we gain the assurance that that the God of peace will be with us? What we do is we put this scripture into practice, right? Number one, what we have to do is we have to rejoice. Again, if you check out out verse four again, it says, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice, right? This is huge, so much so that Paul repeats himself. He says again, I'll say it again, rejoice. To gain peace, we need to rejoice. So think about in your life, what are some good things in your life? What are some things that you can be grateful for? Listen, whatever it is, I want to challenge you to to point it out and then give God the glory for it. Give God the credit for it. Listen, as crazy as this COVID-19 shelter-in-place season has been, there's still been some incredibly good things going on. There's still a lot of things to rejoice about. Listen, I know for me personally, it's been awesome to connect with my family. It's been awesome to connect with my kids. It's been awesome to, to even get a couple of house projects completed as well. And then I know for the church It's been amazing to see the church rise up. It's been amazing to to see the church be the church, right? And be there for each other. People who are calling each other. I'm seeing people connect in an incredible way. And not only that, I'm seeing people and really generosity grow. Whatever that looks like, it's it's been amazing to see. And I'm rejoicing in that. Think about it. What can you rejoice in? Maybe this week, maybe you feel down. Maybe you feel a little stressed out. I want to challenge you. Stop and write some things down that are good then look at how God is working and rejoice in that. And when we rejoice, it opens us up to see how God has worked and is working and will continue to work. And what it does is it allows us to experience peace. I wanna challenge you this week, not just to interpret God through circumstances, but interpret circumstances through the goodness of God. And what that is, that's rejoicing. So number one, live out this passage of scripture by, by number one, by rejoicing. And then number two is to be gentle. Number two is to be gentle. Listen, this one, this one's probably the toughest for me. I'm just going to be honest with myself. There's some times where where I can be a little harsh, right? There's some times where where I can be a little rough. But again, verse five says, let your gentleness be evident to all. Listen, our our gentleness opens the door to his peace. And really, if you look at what gentleness is, gentleness is kindness. I think gentleness is the internal form of kindness and kindness is the external form of gentleness. Gentleness is really empathy and living it out. And this season that we're in, this season of uncertainty, it's best to be kind. It's best to be gentle. I saw this week on on Facebook, this little post that I loved, and it simply says this. It really goes into the the phase that we're going into, but it says, as governors are trying to figure out how to ease back into the new normal, please remember, some people don't agree with the state opening. That's okay. Be kind, be gentle. Some people are still planning to stay home that's okay. Be kind, be gentle. Some are, are scared of, of getting the virus and a second wave happening that could be worse than the first. That's okay. Be kind, be gentle. For some of us, for some of us, we're, we're sighing with a, a really a sense of relief to go back to work knowing that we may not lose their business or their homes. That's okay. Be kind, be gentle. Some are thankful that they can finally have a surgery that they put off. That's Okay. Be kind, Be gentle. Some will be able to attend interviews after weeks without a job. That's OK. Be kind. Be gentle. Right? Some will wear masks for weeks, maybe even years. we talked about that, but that's okay. Be kind. Be gentle. Right? Some people will rush out and, and get their hair and nails done, and that's OK. Be kind. Be gentle. Listen, the point is, everyone, everyone has different beliefs. Everyone has different viewpoints. Everyone' has different feelings how this is all going to be revealed back out. That's OK. Be kind be gentle. We each have a different story. If you need to stay home, stay home, but be kind and be gentle. If you need to go out, go out. Just respect others when in public and be kind and be gentle. Don't judge fellow humans because you're not in their story. So we're all at different mental states than we were months ago. So remember, be kind and be gentle, right? Gentleness is not letting our circumstances affect how we treat others. In fact, gentleness is not even letting our circumstances affect how we even treat ourselves. For some of us, we need to be gentle with others. For some of us, we need to be gentle with ourselves. And that's shown through our kindness. Listen, either way, let your gentleness be evident because it's the path to peace. Number three is this. Number two is to be gentle. Number three is to pray. Again, verse six says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Don't be anxious, but pray. I like how that verse starts off. It says, don't be anxious. How many of you like just a a command that starts with don't? I, I don't know about you, but once I hear the word don't, it just makes me want to do. And it says, don't be anxious. And just hearing that, like if I wasn't anxious already, I'm thinking like maybe I should be anxious about something, right? Maybe I'm just a little messed up, but I love this scripture because it says that. But then it also gives the counterpart. It says, don't be anxious, but pray. Prayer is the counterpart to anxiety. And we pray with petition. We pray with thanksgiving. Listen, I know for me, like this is real to me. There's some things that I've been anxious about. Many of you know, like a few weeks ago, really almost a month ago, uh, along with many of you others, our our house flooded, our, our basement flooded. And I'm talking like this was some crazy stuff. I'm talking like four and a half feet of water in our basement. And to tell you the truth, it's caused me some anxiety. I joke with Sarah about it, but I think I have what's called post-traumatic flood disorder. Right? It's not a real thing, but maybe it is. Right? And and flooding, and our flooding in our basement is not normal either. Like we've learned that our water table is really high. So right now there's actually water sitting in our sump basin. So every time it rains, it's just a matter of time before that water table rises up and it could cause some more damage right? And it causes me anxiety, but prayer helps. Through petition, I ask God. There's nights where I've been praying, like, God, help me. God, help help this water table. Help everything. God, I ask in Jesus' name. Like, there's sometimes I'm just begging God, right? But also Thanksgiving. See, here's the thing. Our flooded basement is really just a first world problem, right? And it's crazy. It really even causes me stress, right? The truth is I'm thankful that I have a basement, I'm thankful that I have a house. I'm thankful that I have a roof over my head. I'm thankful that my kids have a place to stay. And really, in my prayer, I've been thanking God. I've just made God, thank you for doing what only you can do. And here's what's incredible about prayer. it not only moves the heart of God, but it changes the chemistry in our brain. And it gives us peace. So I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to pray, to experience peace, right? to get your feet with the readiness of peace. We have to pray. And number four, what we have to do is we have to think differently think positively. In fact, I would even go to say, and really what I, what, it, what it means is that we need to think wholly. Again, if you look at verse 8, it says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. We need to change the way we think, and we need to think about what's true. We need to think about what's noble. We need to think about what's right. We need to think about what's pure. We need to think about what's lovely, what's admirable, what's excellent, praiseworthy. We need to think on these things because everything else is a lie. Everything else is a trap. Everything else is something that the devil is using to scheme against us. And our thought life is so, so powerful. In fact, Craig Rochelle says it this way. He says, your life will move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. And if you don't control what you think, you'll never control what you do. And if you don't control how you think, you won't experience peace. So let me ask you, how are your thoughts? Right? Are your thoughts on, on what's true? Are your thoughts on, on what's right? Are your thoughts on, on what's noble? Or are they on other things? And are your thoughts and in your thought life, is it running away with these, some irrational worries? I think too many times, I think we let worry and anxiety control our thoughts. And listen, I'm telling you the truth. I'm talking to myself right now. But here's what worry is. Worry is believing in a future without God. Right? Worry is believing in a future without God and it's destructive to our thoughts. It's not noble, it's not good, it's not pure. So I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to think differently. Listen, you can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you frame it. You can control how you think about it, what you think about it. So think differently. Right? Think holy. When we think holy, it prepares us with the gospel of peace. Again, peace is knowing that God has, is, and will be in all parts of our life. So I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to get your feet fitted with the readiness of peace by rejoicing, by being gentle, by praying, and by thinking differently. By thinking holy. In fact, what I want to do is I kind of want to. I want to end a little bit differently. I want to read Philippians four four through nine again for you, and I want to read it really as a, a charge and a blessing. For you, this is so much. There's so much into this, and I just want to read this again over you. So right now, at your homes, maybe if you're sitting down on your couch, I want to. I want you just, just to, to really take this in as a, as a form of a, a blessing and a charge. So maybe even open your hands up, right, as receiving this into your life. And again, it says this. It says, "Rejoice in the Lord always." I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. For some of us, we just need to know that the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And get this again. Maybe some of you just need to accept this. In verse seven, it says, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now another charge, verse eight. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, Whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. And get this, and the God of peace will be with you. Okay. And the God of peace will be with you. And that's my prayer for you today, is that the God of peace go before you. And that starts, that starts by making a decision and living our life for him. So maybe you're here today, maybe as you're watching from home, maybe as you're listening, wherever you are, maybe you've never started a relationship with Jesus. Listen, we want to give you that opportunity. Right right where you are, you can easily say this prayer and give your life to Jesus. In fact, if you would, if you're here today and you're watching today and you want to make a decision to, to follow Jesus, just repeat after me in this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son to me. Thank you for sending your Son for me to die on a cross, to live a perfect life, die on a cross, and be risen again. I accept him as my Lord and Savior. And I accept his forgiveness in my life. And because of that, I experience peace. Because of that, I am fit, I'm fitted with the readiness around my feet to direct me towards peace. Thank you. Thank you, God, for that. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if that's you, we want to know. And maybe you're here today and maybe, maybe you made that decision. Maybe you prayed that prayer. Listen, if that's you, what we want you to do is you can send us a private message through Facebook. If you're watching online, you can actually go through the prayer request option there and send us a message and let us know. But we want to know so that we can continue to partner with you. Maybe you're here today and maybe God's asking you to do something. Whatever it is, we challenge you to do it as well. Listen, we thank you for watching, but we don't want you just to watch. We want God to transform your life, and we thank you for that. We thank you that God's doing it already. Have an incredible week. Thank you for listening to the Life Change Church Podcast. If you were here today and you were listening and you made a decision to follow Christ, we would love to hear about it. Or maybe you're here and you're listening and that God is asking you to make the next step with whatever that it is in your life. We would love to hear about it and partner up with you. If you would, go to www mylifechangechurch.com and under the media section, please fill out the contact us information and let us know if you made a decision to follow Christ. Let us know what God is asking of you. And if you need prayer, we would love to partner up with you in prayer as well. We hope that you enjoyed the podcast and that it both encouraged and challenged you. Have a great week.